Hey everyone, this episode of Who Gave Us a Mic is brought to you by our friends and sponsor from sunny Florida, Reef and Real Performance Fishing. Follow them on their exciting Instagram at, at Reef and Real and check out their website, reefandreel.com. That's R E E F A N D R E E L. Com, your one-stop shop for top-of-the-line performance fishing apparel and accessories. They offer UPF 50 performance shirts, hats, face gaiters, sunglasses, coolers and drinkware, rods, reels, knives, and other fishing tackle, grills, top-of-the-line customer service, and also fast shipping. As they say, for days and nights on the sea and sand, Reef and Reel is more than a brand, it's a lifestyle. Again, this is brought to you by Reef and Reel. Check them out on IG at Reef and Reel. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Who Gave Us a Mic. I am Adam Harris, along with Mr. Kenny Miller. How's everybody doing today? What's going on, pal? About the same thing as every day. Right, you ready to crush another podcast on uh, how we can make everybody else better with some sales goals and some tips? That's the goal anyway. Right, we're just doing our uh, terrible donation to society. Yeah, is that what it is? I think so. Something we're expounding or, you know, expelling all of the little wisdom we have and trying to turn it into some kind of creative process and or productive. <laughs> the very little bit of wisdom we got. That's what I was saying. Emphasis on little. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so. Dude, I'm fucking tired today. Like, I'm absolutely fucking tired today. Yeah, you're useless. You always are. Dude, I was up at fucking 345 this morning. Why? Because we had a job that started up today. So it was our first day on site. So I was meeting with our foreman. And uh, it was in Beaver. And to be there Weren't at you six. meeting there at 6.30? 6. Okay, Beaver's what? An hour away? Uh, yeah. So that's 5. Sounds up at 4.30. You said 3.45. Oh, did I? That was probably when yeah. I right. probably pressed my first snooze alarm at 3.45. It I was still like, don't yeah, understand why you even had your alarm set Because I was being optimistic. I generally was like, dude, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do this. I'm going to crush it first thing in the morning. 345 is not in the morning. That's at nighttime. <laughs> I think we but played video games until 345 in the morning. Yeah, that's not the morning. It's night. It's, that is nighttime. Yeah. Um, so anyways, like 415-ish. And dude, I was – I'm dragging ass. Especially, too, my sleep schedule is so fucked up with, you know, one night we're staying up till 4 in the morning playing video games. The other night I'm trying to go to bed at 9 p.m. My body doesn't know what to do with itself. Do you still have to go to the, the – uh, do you have to go to the job site tomorrow? No. So well, that's I good news. Sleep in, like, a little bit. No, it's just, like, one of those things, especially with all the guys that we have working during this whole, you know, pandemic. I just like going out there and like showing my appreciation, like, hey, I really appreciate you guys doing this and working through all these things and blah, blah, blah. And especially when we start off a uh, job, it's like a good kickoff. So, yeah, it's now, what's that? Ooh, a solid going on like 18 hours a day. So, you'll be okay. I know. That's why I was eating coffee beans before this. Why don't you just drink a cup of coffee? Like a normal person. I wasn't feeling it tonight. I was going to have a cup of mushroom coffee. Who though. eats coffee beans? I don't even, I've never even heard of that. Coffee beans are the mushroom coffee. Why do you have either? Um, I mean, coffee beans, because I grind my own coffee, so I can put it in my French press. But 
There's something I don't know. so wrong with you. Why not? Instead of brewing a cup of coffee, you can just eat a handful of coffee beans. And there you go. The mushroom coffee. Why do you even pressure coffee? I like it. French press. Actually, you know what? I don't even want to get into it. Let's move on. <laughs> you know what's even better? Guess what? I'm drinking right now. Oh, probably Guinness. No. Uh-uh, I'll change it up on you. I'll give you what? $5. You guess if I'm drinking tonight. Is it like a beer you usually drink? Like, how the hell would I... Do many different beers are out there? Mm-mm. I really went off the chain tonight. Really went off the charts. Dude, I have no idea. It's probably some, like, blueberry beer. It's a nice glass of Cabernet. I'm oh, drinking God. a glass of wine doing this. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I wanted to feel sophisticated this evening. You know what I mean? Change it up a little bit. No, I don't know what you mean. I just feel like, you know, more of an adult when I'm sitting here drinking a glass of wine. Like, oh, I'm, you know, an upstanding citizen. We've got both, no, we're not, but, you know. I was going to get somewhere. somewhere. Anyways, so we're going to go into another – before. all right, I had a vent for four minutes. I'm good. Um, we're going to get into another episode of some sales. So like you and I talked about in this last episode, first off, we recapped the intro thing we had, and you and I came up with a couple acronyms. The first one was mm-hmm. GATE, which was you know, our acronym for kind of the skill set you needed to be really good at um, sales, which was real quick, run through it up, run through it. Give up yourself, active listening, thought-provoking in exact wording. So mm-hmm. after that, we talked about the kind of sales process and like when you're going in there for like the kill, like the steps you had to go through. So we came up with the acronym of EARS. Um, so the first one we went through on the last podcast was explore. You know, asking questions or, you know I mean? Just like being observant about what's going on and stuff like that. So on this episode, we're going to get into your favorite. I know you love it. Power questions. And you all came in to listen. Can you talk about power questions? Actually, we have it as ask questions for the ears thing. But yeah, basically power questions, which also ties into our skill set, which is thought-provoking questions, the T in gate. So we're going to delve into some power question, which Ken, what would you say is the Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition of power questions? (laughs) I don't know if I know what that is, but um, basically it's a – what's that? It's a dictionary. No, I know what that is. I don't know what the <laughs> actual definition is, dipshit. Well, I don't know. It's some of those. Sometimes you say some things. I'm like, have you picked up one before? <sighs> I didn't say I picked one up. I just said I knew what it was. Uh, but basically, it's it's a question that's going to open up whoever you're talking to, and uh, especially if you're in sales, you know how do people who do people buy from? People they know, like, and trust. How do you build trust by getting people to open up and uh, constantly? Proving what do proving um, by doing what you say you would do, showing up every six weeks or uh, not dropping the ball on things, and you know really take it upon yourself to be their trusted advisor. And the way you find out what they expect in the trusted advisor, power questions. The way you figure out how your uh, product or service can help them, power questions. Yeah, so this is the first phase. I mean, no, I, I think it's great. Uh, the next phase of this year's thing is recognize, issue, and acknowledge. So these are these are the questions you're going to pose. So in the next phase, you can you know pounce on them, the questions that they have, or any kind of issues they have. Um, so with that being said, how do you want to run through this? You want to kind of run through a mock kind of sales meeting on kind of what you would walk into and talk to people and some kind of power questions you would pose and what you're trying to. I guess you could probably start off with like 
when you're asking power questions, what are you trying to gain? Like when you first like, you know, you pose these questions. I'm trying to gain knowledge. I mean, we've all seen salespeople that we've all had an interaction with a salesperson that is kind of talking at you. They're not really listening. They're not understanding what your needs are. And those people are kind of annoying and they give us a bad name. So what? I feel like, what's that? What? I I'm said just the, making uh, a joke about uh, not listening. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me since we're uh, on Skype. But um, yeah, what I was going to say to you is I'm sure you've interacted with like a million people, salespeople, where you're like, just want to bang your head against the wall. Yeah, and they come in there where they have their agenda. They only want to talk about their agenda. And they don't ask a single question. It's like, here's my product. This is why you should buy it. Sign here. Cool. When do you want to take delivery? Yeah, I heard somebody once say, I can't remember who it was, but I heard somebody once say that, um, as, man, how do they word it? A salesperson, you could tell a salesperson's experience and how good they are by the amount of thought-provoking questions they ask. And ever since I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that, you know, that's kind of been uh, my my light at the end of the tunnel through conversation. I always try to remember that um, you don't want the conversation to be about you. You want it to be about the customer and how you can help that customer. No, that's a great thing. And especially something like that, you probably walk into a meeting having like a saying like that stuck in the back of your head. So even when if you start rambling a little bit long, you kind of fall back on like, all right, good salesperson. Ask the most thought-provoking questions. All right, let's see what I can ask. So it's always good to have that kind of in your toolbox, those little sayings that you can always fall back on that really guide you to what you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, I mean, you don't want to just ask a question to ask a question either. It's like um, you really kind of want to be open-ended in how it pertains to them. Uh, you know, so some of the conversations I've been having with everything that's going, going on with my dealers and um, like I said before, I'm in kind of the consumer product space and I sell to retailers so I can, you know, say, hey, this is what, um, you know, due to the coronavirus, the market has changed by X. I am hearing uh, a lot of people in your field do Y to make up for this. Uh, so, you know, Y might be a lot of people that are not essential or switching to online only and they're making up for sales online by doing blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what are you doing during this time to help increase your market share, help increase your business? Um, you know, then take that and say, well, how can I tie in? Once they answer that, um, say, well, how can I tie into that? How can I help? So you already opened up the door with them. Okay. He's looking out for me. He's giving me some examples of other people who are having success uh, and if they're not doing shit, they're kind of like, huh, well, that makes sense. And then if they are, hopefully by this point, there's something on their website and you can say, well, how can we help? And then try to tie yourself into their web, web presence even stronger than it already is. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. What I would say off of that and correct me if I'm wrong, but like a little hint to people is don't answer your own question when you post something like that. For instance, if you go, Hey, I've heard that people are having an issue with X. So-and-so is doing Y to mitigate this. The guy goes through and goes, yes, we're trying to do this. And then you reply with, yeah, and then this guy's doing this. And then he's also doing this and then doing that. And you're kind of answering your own question. You don't want to do that. You want to take what that guy yeah, I guess said. we should start by not diving into it too much, but kind of touching on it. Power questions only work if you practice brevity. 
Um, brevity is kind of. Do you want to explain? I don't want to be talking the whole time. Do you want to explain brevity? You can talk the entire time. Like you said, I'm a little tuckered out. You want to drive this ship today? I'm trying I'm to wake you up, son. About it. I know. Um, brevity is using concise wording and not getting wordy, unnecessary and knowing words. Knowing when to shut your mouth. Yes, exactly. Shutting the fuck up so, would be a you know, great the example way he just gave was kind of like over talking, just going and going and going. So you would want to say uh, the question I proposed were, "Hey, in your industry." I've noticed people are doing blah to increase their sales online. So um, hmm. let me give you a real life example. So it'd be like, you know, hey, in your uh, in your space, I've noticed that retailers are really doing uh, their version of a shop and shop on their website, really driving that brand presence to help increase sales. What are you doing this doing during this time that has helped you? And then you just stop talking and w- listen. Like we talked about before, uh, do a little bit of llama, just shut up, listen. They'll say, well, uh, you know, I've been thinking the same thing, Ken. I'm not really sure how I how to go about it. Do you have any thoughts? Acknowledge what they said. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful idea. Yeah, Yeah, so you you just kind of paraphrase back. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful idea. I really think it would help your business if you take your top brands and really uh, expand them on your website. This is how I'd go about it, blah, 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 blah. Is that feasible to you? You know, some businesses might be able to do that, some won't. So if it is feasible, then you can slowly walk into it. Well, you know, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking a landing page for our web or for our brand. If you have the rapport going, you don't really have to explain why unless he asks, right? So if I'm talking to Harris and he goes, you know, give me your thoughts. How can you tie in? Well, I'm thinking about getting our own landing page. And I want our, my website to come up on the left with all the other categories, but I want my brand name to be there instead on, instead of hidden underneath the category. Is that doable? And then just stop talking. Don't explain why you want it unless he asks. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. Like you said, you pose a question, you leave it very open-ended, like almost open to interpretation, and then you let that guy expound upon it, opposed to you filling in answers and you don't really know – you're giving that guy's answer to yourself. Uh, and something I say in – I uh, kind of when it goes with the brevity and asking questions thing is like when you talk, you're just regurgitating information you already know. But whenever you're listening, you're gathering information you didn't know. So if you're sitting there and you're trying to do the sale, you're trying to learn more about your customer. So shut the fuck up because you're sitting there talking over them. How are you learning anything else about them? When he, all he's learning is – you only care about yourself, and you just want to tell him how great you are. Yeah, I mean, if you don't do it, it will take a little bit of time to kind of train your brain. You'll find yourself, like, fluttering off into space, or what most people do is think about what they're going to say next. I mean, even if you have to pause, like, after the person says something, don't be so quick to talk. If you have to pause and think about it for a second, gather your thoughts and say, hey, Adam, if I heard you correctly – I'm I'm hearing you say um, you want to do something like this, but you currently don't have the resources to make a branding page. So you're looking for advice on how to pivot. Is that correct? You could take a a minute, rephrase it, give it back to them, and uh, say, yeah, that is correct. What are your thoughts? Um, So don't be so quick to to just jump in and talk the talk. A lot of people, I think, get nervous in kind of that awkward space. 
uh, which we'll get into later when asking for a sale. You know, if I have an order, I slide the order over, say, hey, this is what I wrote up and this is what I thought. I slide the order or present or show them the order on a projector screen and I don't say anything. You know, the first one to talk is the first one, usually the first one to lose. So I won't ask them anything until they ask me something. And when you're doing this and you're asking these questions, do you have like do you carry a notebook on you by chance and maybe jot down notes while you're having? Oh yeah, I thought that was whole conversation. I make sure I ask them beforehand. Say, hey, do you care if I take notes during this conversation? If there's any information you don't want me to take notes on, you know, please just let me know. I always ask for permission first. I've never. Yeah, I know. I was told that. like a couple times, like, hey, I'm going to tell you about some numbers. Don't write them down. But I've never been told like, no, you can't take notes during the meeting. Yeah, and I would tell people to go out and buy like a moleskin uh, notebook, something cheap, 20 bucks, and actually have a physical notebook. Don't use your phone as notes because yeah, you're half tempted you're to use your phone. Attention. Yeah, and you're half tempted to then you're taking notes and he goes off, you swipe up, and you're doing whatever else, answering a text, going through emails. And it just kind of looks distracting and disrespectful. In my opinion. Yeah, and then if you pull – if somebody – you walks in, my perspective, walks in my office, pulls out a notebook starts jotting down notes, puts their phone aside in their bag, whatever it is, and is listening intently, that just shows you're like, wow, you're actually devoting time to this meeting and having this conversation. And it's just a level of respect. And especially if it's a new client who you may have never actually met in person before, what would be more disrespectful than walking in there and being on your phone for 20 minutes while this guy just carved out some time for you? So put the phone away. Go spend 20 bucks on a moleskin um Notebook, and that's it. And then I get, I get the Pilot G2 pens because I'm just obsessed with them. Because you need, you need a good pen whenever you're taking notes. That's <laughs> all you. I know. Um, I fucking love them. It's weird. Like my signature uh, looks so much different. Like you know, on different pens. Weird rant. Speaking anyway. of notes, before we get off topic, one of the nice things about notes too, if you notice when you talk to somebody, usually the last object objection is the strongest and what they care most about. So you might hear like. Uh, I don't have enough room. It's not the right season. Um, I don't have enough money. My winter was really bad. And then you start with that, right? So you start asking questions based off of what they said last. Uh, so I got an email off a lady and or a voicemail. It was like a five minute voicemail the other day. <laughs> so she, um, she called me and said like, Hey, I want to, she called me and said another dealer is doing, so-and-so, they're running this promotion, like how am I going to compete, blah, 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 blah. And it went on for like two minutes of her talking about that, and then she went into, um, you know, you guys come out with new items so quickly during this time it's so hard to keep up. I'm really worried I'm not going to be able to sell through what I already have before other orders come. So I'm like, okay. That's why she cares about the other promotions so much. She's worried about selling through their items. So I start with that first. So when I called her, I said, hey, so-and-so, um, just calling you back, blah, 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 blah. And then I went to – I literally asked her. I was like, hey, I got your voicemail. What is your biggest concern? Again, power question, right? Well, my biggest concern is uh, with current situation, I really don't think we're going to sell through the items, da, 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 da. Well, can you tell me what you're doing right now uh, that is working? And, you know, you want to build off that. Again, power question. And then finally I worked my way back to the promotion. But by the time I got to the promotion, we've already talked through everything. And she didn't even care anymore. Yeah, exactly. I worked my way back with questions. Yeah, you 
And that's what that's a great way to do it is even if you get an email from somebody and it, it's a great point. I never even thought about it, but it seems to always be the case. If somebody like lists something in email, like I have this concern, this concern and this concern, if you work your way back up through the email and their last concern is the first reply you have. I mean, most of the time people read through emails, they're reading through half of it. And then after they probably start like falling asleep through the latter half of it. So you get the enemy. Oh, you reverse. has concerns. Please don't send them an email. <laughs> Schedule a time to call. I mean, if they have real concerns, if it's like something stupid, I want to change this color. But like, if she would have sent me that that voicemail and email and said, "Hey, I'm concerned of this promotion. I'm concerned. Uh, I'm have too much of this in stock. Da 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 da. All the way down to I'm concerned. I'm going to be overloaded with product. Like I wouldn't have emailed her back, right? I'd have been like, "Hey, I hear your concerns loud and clear. When is the time we can hop on the phone? Because you want to get on the phone and have that conversation again." The whole time we're going through this, we want you to be a consultant to your to your customers. We don't want you to come off salesy. You know, every time I went through it with her, I walked through the concern, I addressed the concern, and then I figured out a strategy to to uh, to get through her problem. So for she was worried about inventory. I said, "Hey, well, what are you doing well?" And then we built off of that, made a strategy together, and you come off as an actual valued partner. And how many times would you say you find where you start posing these power questions to people and their concerns and they end up almost answering their own questions? Like they have like X concerns. 90% of the time. Right? And they go – and you go, okay, what's your concern with this? They go through. They go on their rant. They don't use brevity. So they just word vomit. <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, you're like – so if I'm hearing you correctly, you have the issue, you know what I mean, the solution to the problem. So you think we should do this. And especially too, if you um, reiterate what they said and how they came up with the idea, people love that because then they're like, oh yeah, see? Oh yeah, all right. I'm great. Look how smart I am. I can do that. You got to feed in people's egos like that. But yeah, if you just let them talk, nine times out of 10, they're going to come up with their own answer they already had. And if they don't, you'll find you'll find the answer somewhere in there. Um, so that I mean, when you're doing this, I would just say one thing because I wrote a little on my notes because you should see my desk right now with all the notes for this. Um, for the people like taking note taking, wouldn't you say it's also a great tool when you're asking these questions for like follow up emails? If you take notes throughout these emails or the meeting, and then you write a follow up email with like all the points that you hit on, you get yeah. a lot easier to remember what you wrote down and what actually happened. And write the follow-up email opposed to just going off of memory. Yeah, I, I always take notes every single meeting, and I'm big on recap. So, uh, again, we'll go over this later when we get into agendas and how to frame up the meeting. But I always recap the meeting. So I have all my notes, and then so at the very end of the meeting, I'll say, um, hey, I'm just going to do a quick recap. These are what uh, I, I owe you, and then I'll go through everything I owe them, You know, whether it's, I don't know, pricing, a display, whatever it is. And I'll say, hey, this is what you owe me, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll nail down a timeline for both of them. I'll send you this by the end of the day. When can I expect yours? Okay, great, blah, blah, blah. I leave there, go out in my car, bring up my computer, send a recap email before I leave. Bang, knock them both out, hit the road. Yeah. So when we're talking about these power questions, you obviously have – I mean we could probably give some examples just to run through so people have them in their toolbox of power questions. But you're going to frame them differently for a potential client, new client, and or an existing client, correct? Like there's just different ones that you're going to bring up. I mean, man, it all just depends on the, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll touch on some of the same ones. You'll touch on different ones. It just kind of all depends where the conversation goes. So through this whole thing, anytime I'll, I can feel like a power question will work in our conversations, I'll throw in an example like I did with that customer that called me. Um, you know, some some good ones for if you're working with a new dealer could be uh, if say they've been in business for 40 years or whatever. Oh, that's amazing. You know, you and your family will ever be so successful. What do you contribute that to? And then they'll kind of give you the outline of their business. And, you know, you can figure out where you line in there or fall in there. Another one I like with somebody I've been working with for a long time, you know, I don't load up my customers because you have to repeat and go back to them, right? So I try to sell them just enough so the shelves don't sell out. And just a little that they can sell through enough inventory they get stuck with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're, you're not saying get, stuck with it, but you know what I mean? They have it, and they're always... They have a little too much inventory. It's a little too high. Yeah. You, 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 don't, you don't want to overload them until it's too high and they can't buy again. Um, you know, it's for both of you. You don't want them to have to hurt their mo- money to hurt them, and you want them to reorder. So you don't want to load them up too much, but you don't want to load them up too little, or they'll have holes in the shelves and it won't be good. So if I'm going to try to sell in a uh, an order, and if I know it's what the business needs, because these guys again wear a lot of hats, they just you know might not know. So they say, hey, I think it's a little too much. Blah blah blah. I've literally asked buyers, do you trust me? And if you've been working with these people for a couple of years and you don't have a good enough relationship where they trust you, one, you better recheck that relationship. But two, if they say no, you can say, what can I do to earn your trust? Um, once they answer, you can say, what do you look, what do you look for in a, uh, you know, however you want to word it, what do you want to look, what do you look for in a trusted advisor? What do you look for in a business partner? However you want to word it? And they'll tell you why they don't trust you and what you can do to earn their trust. Yeah, and then you find the answer to your own problem about what, why they don't trust you. And then you found things that you can work on. Exactly. And power questions. I mean, especially you pose that question. You have to have your own little bit of self, self-esteem because, Sometimes the hard truth uh, hurts a little bit, but if you're trying to grow as an overall person, you need that little, you know, kick in the ass sometimes. Go, eh, maybe that guy was right, and I do lack on my follow through. You know, I mean, when I go to these meetings and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll post them. Uh, we'll put we'll, we'll post these power questions as we go through. I just kind of wanted to give a uh, little bit of a foundation for them because I think they're, I think they might be the most important thing when it comes to to selling or any type of relationship. Professional relationship, personal relationship. Um, I mean, have you ever looked at a significant other while you guys are in a heated battle and say, hey, I'm sorry, can we start over? I'm telling you, that will win you some big brownie points. So these questions can definitely be used in and out of your personal and professional life. And we'll touch on them every single episode probably. We'll have a power question or two, I'm sure. Yeah, and this, I mean, this whole thing is just running through our entire acronym of EARS and giving you a brief idea of what each one of these steps are. And this one's power questions about just the idea of them and what you really need to do and kind of how they benefit you in a meeting. Yeah, like I said, they'll benefit you. if you And if you do use them, because at first they might be a little wonky and a little weird and I might not feel right, especially when you, you know, you're looking at a buyer and say, Hey, do you trust me? It's going to feel weird at first. You know, you really got to practice them. I say practice these questions on your smaller accounts. And once you get good at them, use them on your bigger accounts and it will be night and day your meetings, how different they will be and practice them in your, 
you know, your personal life. I use them on family and friends all the time. So just practice them every day and you will eventually get pretty good at them just like everything else. And you won't even have to think about them. They just come second nature to ask a question. And one little tidbit about that and then we'll wrap this up. But I have a funny story about that where I was interviewing some people. Kenny, you know this story. And we brought this one person in for a second interview. And towards the end of the interview, the kid posed a power question along the lines of, you know, after this interview, um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think I've met all of these criteria. Do you think that I've that met all the criteria? That wasn't the question. Okay, do you want to pose the question? You know it. Disgusting question because I go gave ahead, it to ahead. him. I know. So I'm saying go ahead say the question because I'm going to just butcher it. So it's a great question for the end of an interview. So they say, hey, do you, every interview, hey, do you have any questions? You go through all your BS questions at the end of the interview. <clears throat> you say, yeah, I have one more question. Uh, what type of attributes do you look for in somebody to join your team? They say A, B, C, and D. You say Based on our conversation today and a little bit about a little bit of what you know about me, would you say I or would you agree? Would you agree that I? It's been a while, obviously, since I interviewed about six years. So, <laughs> um, you say, would you agree? Not would you say? Would you agree that I hit all of those attributes? And they say either yes, which if they do, you say great. What is our next step and when is it? Or if they say no, you don't have enough experience. Well, I hear you, and I understand your concern with the lack of experience, but if I may, uh, can I tell you how I make up for that? They're not going to say no, unless they're a total jerk. They're going to say, yeah, sure, and then you battle your way back, right? But it's, again, power question. If they say yes, you're golden. You should have the job. But if they say no, it gives you an opportunity to leave no doubt before you leave that meeting. Yeah, and we'll have another episode. However, he just might not have had a... Experience. And that's what, I, that's what I was getting at was we were uh, – we'll have another episode on interviewing and hiring and stuff like that. But I was just saying is that if you're somebody that doesn't use these power questions in your day-to-day life and you try to throw them at somebody and you're not experienced with it, it's very, it doesn't come across as genuine and it comes very, very forced. And sometimes people can – you can tell that very quickly if you're like – Okay, you rehearsed this and everything. I mean, I gave props to the kid because it was a great question and it made sense. You could tell he was and coached. Not many people have the gonads. Yeah, for lack of a better term, yeah, to actually ask a question like that on an interview. Um, but that just goes to say that you have to, you know, I mean, practice these because if you're going to sure. actually it's use it, it's all about tone too. I mean, we'll, we'll dive into this stuff way deeper later on. This is just kind of a high level view as we get through each step, and then we'll really dissect it through all the episodes we do on this podcast but yeah tone will come into it kind of how the conversation goes beforehand so we'll get into some role plays and yeah and things like that later. body language all that stuff yeah, it all like comes that. To the but i mean if you hear this podcast i would just start doing it now and, and yeah. just work in your everyday life and like you said people that you're not trying to actually sell to they're just people you come across in your everyday everyday life friends family and all that stuff where you just start throwing those out there just so you get accustomed to actually posing those questions and you kind of got to be a little assertive whenever you say these questions that if that's not your personality it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone and gets you accustomed to actually doing it yeah, i love them i, I know think they really, really work. work um you touch yeah, me but- Ten o'clock at night, and you start posing power questions and you about stupid shit. I'm like, I hate you. I'm not in the mood for some, <laughs> you know, I mean, philosophical conversation or thought provoking conversation. It's crazy how well they work. They do. They do. Um, so no, um, great conversation on asking questions, which is A in our ears acronym, 
and also T in the gate acronym that we came up with for our skills to selling. So I'm good for this evening. What about you, Paul? I'm good, man. Keep the questions coming. Keep them thought-provoking and uh, practice them every day. But other than that, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, and uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Who Gave Us a Mic. We are also on Spotify and iTunes. We greatly appreciate a subscribe. And Instagram and and Facebook. Yes, and a follow. We'd greatly appreciate it. Also, we're like you said, we're on social media. You guys have any suggestions, any topics, anything else like that you guys want us to hit on, we'd love to talk about it. So I'm Adam Harris. He is Ken Miller. We good, pal? Thank you, everybody.